If you finish nothing else, finish how people can buy from you. Learn modern marketing that you can use to grow your business in today's competitive landscape. This is Digital Marketing Masters with Matt and Carrie Rouse. Welcome to Digital Marketing Masters Podcast. And this week, my guest is Alea Harris. Alea, how are you? Hi, I'm doing great, Matt. How are you? I am fantastic because I just found out that my wood stove got installed in my house. I'm excited. You showed me the picture and it looks amazing. <laughs> it looks nice and warm. I know it's weird. I didn't even know you could get a white wood stove, but that's what I have. And the, with the white walls, I mean, the decor is epic. It's someplace you pull up like a little chair next to you, maybe a book. It's a nice, a nice little experience there. <laughs> I can't, I can, you know, I was thinking maybe just shut down the digital marketing thing altogether and just go into decorating. <laughs> hey, get it done. You never know. People have many, many different careers. I'm just kidding. I totally know. I'm terrible. At, I'm terrible at decorating. But thanks. Thanks to my wife's uh, good taste. <laughs> in, oh, that's who we owe that to. In housing and, and furniture and things. And, uh, you know, the hundreds of Ikea things that we've had to put together to match all the <laughs> pieces in our house. Because there's, there's only so many choices in Nova Scotia. Right. Right. No, I can understand. But it looks great. She did a fabulous job. Hey, you know what? It's an interesting fact. A lot of people, especially kind of outside of cities in like rural areas and in suburbs and stuff, decided during COVID when they're home, I got to get rid of this crappy furniture. I'm going to go order some new stuff. Right. And everybody did it. And now it's going to take two months for us to get our couch. And it's taking five months to get the chairs that we ordered. Oh, wow. <laughs> so if you're ordering furniture, people get on it now because it's going to take a while. You should buy your house and your furniture at the same time. <laughs> well, you know, you think you go to the furniture store, they got a warehouse, you know, you're just going to buy some stuff. You know, maybe something's going to be on hold or whatever. But no, they're just months and months and months. But it's OK. I got a fire now. I'll sit on the floor, but I'll be warm as shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Something tells me that'll come in handy in Nova Scotia. That's right. So let me read your bio so people know who you are. Leigh Harris, CBC. Award-winning marketer and former chef and catering company owner. She's the owner of Flourish Marketing, an agency that provides marketing education strategy and tools to help wedding and creative professionals get and keep a consistent stream of clients. She's story brand certified guide, right? And uses a narrative-based framework to develop clear, engaging, and highly converting marketing assets like email sales funnels and social media solutions. So a Donald Miller fan then. Huge Donald Miller fan. I love Don. <laughs> right. Do you listen to Don's podcast? I do listen to Don's podcast. And then I bought all three books that are that are out right now. There's uh, Building a Story Brand and Marketing Made Simple and Business Made Simple is the newest one that came out. And then he has Business Made Simple University. If there was Kool-Aid, not only would I be drinking it, but I would be pouring in the extra sugar. Like... <laughs> Get it done. I love Donald Miller's stuff. Actually, I, I kind of found Donald Miller pretty early in his career in, in the marketing world. And uh, so I followed his stuff for, for quite a while. I haven't got the newest book yet, but, you know, I love the story brand stuff. And you should. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it comes with a video series. So it's like you could read it or you could watch the book. It's pretty cool. 
I'm kind of stuck on Dr. Robert Caldini's book right now, Influence, which is amazing. Oh, I love that one. I think it's on the unread section of the bookshelf, actually. <laughs> yeah, so they just had a like a new edition came out and I was I was interviewing someone just last week and, and they'd mentioned that that they were reading that book again. I was like, oh, my God, I should get the new one. And uh, yeah, it's just just amazing. Just amazing. The uh, kind of autonomic things that people do to make decisions that at the end they have no idea that they're doing it. Right. Yes. Kind of the shortcuts people's brains take and the kind of mental gymnastics they do. Yeah, it's just amazing and backed up in these books by studies. And he also wrote the book Persuasion. I don't know if you saw Persuasion, but that was brilliant. I've seen but I haven't read that either, but now I'm going to be moving those up on the to be read list because it sound, they sound right in line with I'm, I'm a copywriter and a strategist by it and in my heart and core of me. So I'm always trying to find the right words and the right flow and the right story to make it so someone will buy from my clients, basically. So it sounds like I need to go ahead and uh, add that to my repertoire. You know what I got recently also? We're just going to talk about books the whole time. <laughs> just, <laughs> That's fine. So there's a book by Roy Halster Williams called The Wizard of Ads. Oh, is it good? It's super old and is it relevant? That was yeah, that was my next question. It's so the copywriting kind of never goes out of style, right? But there's another company and you can find these on on Amazon. I think they're called Business Pub Business News Publishing or something. Yeah, Business News Publishing. They make these tiny little books. I'll hold it up so that no one in podcast world can see it. Yeah, but I can see it. It's thin. It's the summary of the Wizard of Ads. Yeah, you can read this thing in about 20 minutes and they have summaries. Wait, what are the summaries called? It's called Business business News Publishing. They make summary books of business books. I think I might have just found my best. You know what else there is? And I found this. There's an app that's called Blinkist and Blinkist has summaries. Yeah. So you can get summaries of books on Blinkist, too. So you can read each chapter in one page. Now, of course, you don't get all the ins and outs of it, right? But if you want to burn through and get the gist of it and then figure out if you want to buy the actual book to read the whole thing, it's a good way to do it. You know, and that, that's super valuable because nowadays some books are like, oh, that's not a new concept. And you're like 100 pages in, you're like, oh, that was just a waste of my time. So that's actually quite nice. Quite nice. Yeah, you don't want to you don't want the business book where they have like two things to say, but then they have like 90 pages of fluff. Exactly. And I'm like, it's a business book. Innately, you understand that I am pretty time starved. Come on, people. Like, tell me what I need to know very quickly. I love it. You know how I found these things, which is which is kind of interesting, is in the information technology world. You know, they have books like The Idiot's Guide to Windows or something like that, right? Right, right, right. Or Windows Dummies and things like that. Yeah. So those books are super wordy. And somebody came up with the idea to make the opposite. So they make books like PHP 7.4 for the impatient. And all it is is the absolute bare minimum you need to know. Yeah, I don't mind that. And they were brilliant, right? You just burn through those books in no time, find the thing that you need and get on with your day. You don't have to spend time messing around. And you know what? That's a really good marketing angle. All everyone out there, listen to Alea and myself right now will tell you this. This is right straight out of Donald Miller's playbook. You can probably cut 80% of the words off your website 
and more people will do business with you, not less. Absolutely. Because most of your stuff is crap. Well, yeah, with love, but yes, crap. I'm going to say fluff, not crap, but it's crap. Nobody wants to read it. Yeah, it's crap. (laughs) (laughs) No one is reading it anyways. And if they're not understanding in the first three to seven seconds what you're talking about, then it won't matter any in the first place. So you're spending hours writing, you know, Tolstoy long website copy. And it just is, is just not worth it. It's not putting money in your bank account. Welcome to the home of such and such business. Oh my gosh. Where my grandfather started this business back in 1950. No one cares. <laughs> That's right. No one cares. And there. Oh man, I've seen I've seen some real winners recently, actually. I, my favorite one is you go to their website. And it'll say something like, we have everything that you need for whatever service, right? And we're, you know, we have all the experience and all the blah, 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 blah. Click here to get started. And you click on the button and it says under construction because they didn't finish their website. Oh, that's the most important part. How people can buy from you. If you finish nothing else, finish how people can buy from you. You know what would be a better website than most of the small business websites I've seen recently? It's just a page that says, like, let's guess any industry. Okay, let's take the the event industry for an example, right? Because you work with a lot of event people and stuff, right? I do. Wedding catering and event people. They're my jam. Let's say it's an online event company. Their website, instead of having all the superfluous crap or part of it not finished or whatever, right? A better thing would be like, we make your online events shine. Click here to find out more. And the button calls you. Done. That's going to be a hundred times better than all the other garbage that people put on their site. Or better yet, talk to, you know, an agency and have them actually do your website correctly. But I'm a big fan of that last one. I mean, and if nothing else, when people land on your website, they need to be able to see what you do because it's, it baffles my mind how sometimes people choose odd business names. So it's not like so-and-so landscaping. It's like pie in the sky. And it's like, what does that mean? You're like, I'm a landscaper. How the heck was I supposed to know that from your brand name? So if you have a, a funky brand name and I don't know what you do and the images don't tell me what you do, I'm out. Like if I'm looking for a landscaper and you're trying to be cute because your name is pie in the sky and you have pies everywhere and you don't have anything about grass, I'm not going to understand what you do. So people need to understand what you do, what problem you solve, why you're uniquely qualified to solve it and how to buy from you. And then when they click the buy button, it needs to work. You can only just do those things. You'd be further along than most websites. Let me ask you some questions and let me see if you've seen these things in in websites. Okay. Some general things I've seen that are that are not great. How many dentist websites have you seen with either a picture of the ocean or a mountain on the front? What is up with that? I don't know <laughs> if it's that I am going to smile more on top of a mountain or I'm going to like that's like the 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 the, the visualization for imagining possibilities or something. I don't get that. I do not understand that. I, there, I've seen wedding websites with the same. And, and I think that the idea that at least on the wedding website side that they're trying to convey is like the sky is the limit. will help you reach your goals, tackle your whatever. And I'm like, what's up with all the mountains? Is it also there's lots of free stock images with mountains? Like, 
<laughs> and most of them are not most of them are not stock images somebody typed in like like if they live in oregon or mount hood is kind of like the biggest mountain near portland somebody types in mount hood and saves it off google and sticks it on their website okay so not only is it a mountain but it's an illegal mountain like it's a- <laughs> that's right someday that company is coming back to you to ask for ten thousand dollars or more or more and then you're going to use your lawyer and negotiate it down to $1,000 and pay your lawyer $1,000. So stop using them. Okay, here's another one. Photography websites where they don't have a picture of the photographer photographing someone. Photographers notoriously hate being in front of the camera. And they are so into their crafts that they think that people can tell the difference just based on the photos between them and the photographer down the street. And that is just not true. That's absolutely not the case. People choose photographers based on a, on a vibe. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, you want to show your work so they can know like what your work looks like, but your work, because people go through styles within eras, right? So like that super dramatic photography look, that's what's in right now. So that's what most people are going to be doing. So if you have that all over your site, it's going to look just like Joe Schmo's site next to you. People need to know, are you on time? What's your vibe? What's what's your process? How quickly can I get my proofs? Like, show your face. Yes. To answer your question, yes, I see that all the time. Okay. Let me see if I can think of another one. Oh, I got a good one. Female coaches, business coaches, empowerment coaches and stuff that have the word badass somewhere on their homepage. Badass girl boss. Or girl boss. That's a good one, too. Girl boss. Uh, yes. Yes. How do you think? Do you think somebody cornered the, like all of the domain names? They just were like girl boss, badass, badass, girl boss. And then they just then they sold them all for like a thousand bucks each. I think what it is, because so there are legit coaches out there that have a lot to offer. Like I'm, I'm, actually, I'm actually working with a coach right now as a client. I mean, and her business trajectory and her business knowledge is amazing. Like when her coaching program officially launches, launches, she's going to make people a lot of money. I was like, whoop, that's a swear word. That's a swear word. What? Hold on a second. A lot of money. But the problem is a lot of those people that have those same repeating words in their copy, they like listen to Jenna Kutcher's podcast, listen to Marie Forleo. They listen to Amy Porterfield and they decide that they're going to just do that. And so they don't actually have the success they need to do the coaching. They're like, I've listened, I've had one course from someone, I've listened to your podcast, and so I'm going to go do that. So they end up sounding just like them, right? And that's not, that's not how that works. That's not how any of that works. Like, you're just being a copy of someone else, except without all of the other stuff that makes you them? Right. Right. All of the stuff that they're not telling you, the real secret sauce that they didn't share with you. So you're basically a watered down copy. Unless you're going to go all in on it, in which case it's going to be tough to get clients who are maybe, you know, outside of being a freelancer or something. Yeah, I guess maybe it depends on the industry, but it's hard to say. And, uh, you know, like not to pick on women coaches, men coaches have the same thing. There's like a whole bunch of like, I don't know what you would call them. Men empowerment coaches, I guess. It's like this how to be a man and a father, but still be like empathetic and in, in, in your business. And I mean, and most of my clients are women, so I've never even looked into that. Now I want to do they call themselves male empowerment co- coaches? No, I mean, usually they just call themselves like 
business and life coaches kind of thing, some combination in there. You know, there's some good, some bad, right? Of course, just like anything else. You know who? I, I don't know if they started it, but have you heard of Nicole Antoinette? My wife was big on her stuff. Anyways, her original blog years ago, I think she started over a decade ago to do kind of coaching and stuff. But her original one was called a life less bullshit. And she was like the first woman who's like, I'm going to be like less bullshit. We're not going to take this crap anymore kind of thing on the Internet. And, you know, kind of went for there. I don't know if she was the pioneer, but she was definitely at the, the start of that trend. Oh, that's interesting. But yeah, she ended up renaming her stuff. Her website is very basic. Yeah, she kind of went away from the old and and she took some time off. And anyway, so I wanted to ask you, because I know that you work with all types of clients, but because you were a chef, right, and you used to own a catering company, you work a lot with people in the event and catering business. I do. Has, for the most part, been decimated by COVID. 1,000%, yes, sir. So I was wondering if you have some advice for people who are in those types of businesses on how they can kind of not necessarily pivot their business, because if they haven't done some pivoting, they're probably already out of business. They're out of business, yeah. By now, because it's already been a year. But going forward, what do you think are, are maybe a tip or, or something that could help them kind of move forward with the times here? You need to get a marketing strategy. That's the biggest thing that I, so the wedding catering and events industry is a highly relationship based industry. And most people, even when they're first getting started, they start because, oh, they planned a couple of parties, they've gone and they've cooked and then their friends and their family tell them that they're good. And then they keep picking up work and they keep rolling and it turns from a hobby to a business and they're rolling and they're off to the races. That's a traditional trajectory for many people. That's not everybody's story, but for many people, that's how they get started. That also means that their entire business is built on word of mouth. And you don't think that that's a problem when you're making money, right? Why would you? When you're not making money and when all of a sudden, I don't know, something like a pandemic comes and it shuts you down and you're no longer getting referrals, you actually find yourself in a very precarious position. You have quite a bit of overhead. Usually you have employees, you have people that work for you, you might have a building and a location. You have zero ways of bringing in traffic from the street because every bit of your financial security you placed in someone else's mouth. And I don't know about you, but I've tried to control other people's mouths. I'm married. Let me tell you, it doesn't work. Like if you're married, ask your spouse if you tried to control what came out of their mouth, how well that would go for you. Right? <laughs> so if you're trying to control what comes out of somebody else's mouth, you're going to fail and you'll be broke. So most people now are trying to decide, well, I need the market, but they have no idea where to start. And then they go, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go on Instagram. That is going to be my marketing strategy. And don't get me wrong. I'm going to put out a Facebook post every Tuesday at 10 a.m. because I read online that that's the best time to post. Oh my gosh. So... <laughs> I'm not even going to dignify that. <laughs> I'm not even dignify that with a response. We're going to use a hashtag. One. Just one. Just one. With our post that we post once a week. That's going to be our hashtag. Oh, and it's a branded hashtag. Yeah. Hashtag pig and pancake forever. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. So we're laughing and then so there's probably people out there that are like, well, why is that bad? I don't we're just having agency owner powwow on the podcast today and 
This is what happens when you get two people to do the same thing for a living. And <laughs> and I promise we don't normally sit and laugh at our clients. We do laugh at our clients. But it's out of love. It's almost like a cathartic way of releasing the pressure. Because for me, at least, I know I want to help you so badly. But a lot of the help first comes with like, mindset coaching to get you to realize that setting up an Instagram account and posting on it sporadically with your one hashtag and your emoji captions is not going to bring you business. You need to set up a marketing funnel. Like how are you attracting, converting and closing clients? How are you reaching strangers that are your ideal customer? How are you getting to know them, building relationships and closing them so that you become your own referral source? It's not just, I'm going to post on Instagram and it, and there's not one silver bullet and it takes time. I know that this phrase is probably like out there all the time, but it's marketing, not magic. But my friend Christy Osborne says it all the time. So I say it all the time. It's marketing, not magic. So I can sit here and write the best copy, have the best website, do the best social, but it still takes time for human beings to know you're legit and to want to work with you. You got to get some momentum. You have to get some momentum. And so people are hurting in the industry and they're like, so but what can I do to get clients in the front door? And I'm like, probably should have started that before, but we can start you now, but it's not going to get them right now, right now. You start with your warmest audiences. So you still use those past clients, put them on an email list and email them and say, Hey, I have a referral program. This is what we're trying to do. We're booking weddings for 2020. Okay. Wait, 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 wait. Let me stop you there for a sec. Are you trying to tell me that if I take people I already have a relationship with and I talk to them, that someone <laughs> might do business with me again? <laughs> Cause that sounds like that's what you're saying. I feel like that's what I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> No, not to make fun of anybody. Absolutely. You should be using every resource you have in your business existing to keep your business afloat. And the best, best, best thing that you have is those people who've already been your clients who already love you. Yes. They're so much easier. So I think, what is the stat? I can't ever remember what it is when I need it. I think it's like you spend like 50% less money using the, to selling to someone who's already bought from you than selling to a new person. And sending an email is relatively free. So if you're like, hey, guys, you've like if you're in the wedding catering and events industry, you're already married. We know we, you know, rocked your wedding. But your cousin, sister, uncle, friend, cousin, you know, neighbor, they're single or they're engaged. Let's do this. And by the way, did you know we did birthday parties and anniversaries and baby showers? You know, use your current clients to drum up business. It's amazing to me how people send a client gift at the end of the experience and they don't talk to them ever again. Ever again. That happens, you know, constantly in like the mortgage business, real estate business, you know, all types of businesses actually, but kind of those high dollar one single ticket businesses. They think of their, they label their clients. So they, the, the home buyer, I'm a real estate agent. You are the home buyer. I am a wedding professional. You are the, the couple, right? They're not like you, it's like you, they were the home buyer, but now they are your biggest referral source. They were the home buyer, but now they are free marketing. You know, you have to change the role and change the label. If you keep that same label on them, you're going to lose money. And it's going to be so much more difficult. And people, then my, my favorite is then people are like, I'm going to run a Facebook ad. Okay, you're just gonna have a Facebook ad. I'm gonna make millions. Facebook ad. 
I was like, if I could run a Facebook ad that made you millions of dollars, I wouldn't be running Facebook ads anymore. I would have ran them, bought my private island and been out. That's not how it works. So especially if you're running it to strangers that have never heard of you before, you're running it to cold audiences based on interest. So you go on your Facebook business manager and you put in stuff that's like, oh, yeah, I like people that are into Martha Stewart and Oprah and they're engaged. Boom. They don't know you. So it's going to take a while. And that's the most expensive type of ad to run to a completely cold audience. So there's a lot that people need to get in place. And so you ask for my one tip, boiling it down. That's right. Boiling it down. Boiling it down. Getting off of my soapbox. The one tip is to actually put a marketing strategy in, in place and to be patient as you build momentum and grow your audience. That's my tip. And you know... If you are a company who does have email addresses of your clients and you have never sent an email before, we have an email marketing course called Inbox Mastery that will walk you through everything from setting up your email list to successfully making revenue from email. So if you have $100 burning a hole in your pocket, go learn how to turn that $100 into two, $3,000 a week from email marketing. Yeah, and email marketing is powerful. People are especially like when you're talking about those when people consider themselves in that one-off industry, I'm doing air quotes. I forgot y'all can't see me. <laughs> when they're like, oh, why would I do email marketing? They bought the house already. They bought the insurance already. They had the wedding already. Because your email list is your asset for referral that you have. It's how you generate revenue on demand. So for me, I ha- I'm not in that position. I can sell you things multiple, multiple times. I have multiple services. So when I send an email out, Because my list is larger and curated, I can guess exactly how much money I'm going to be making from that list. I I know my conversion rates. So I'm like, okay, I need to make an extra 10,000 this month. Okay, well, let's send an email out. It's it's that good, guys. Take the course. Matt has a course. (laughs) So I'll tell you something crazy about email marketing. Mm Mm-hmm restaurants had email lists that they would send out at like Valentine's day, Christmas, whatever. Right. Once, once in a blue moon, but you, know, you hear from them three times a year or something, right. COVID hits restaurants start sending out emails to say, this is how we have takeout. This is how you can order. This is how you get curbside pickup, stuff like that. I mean, the people who had their shit together, right. They start sending that out. And those are the restaurants who didn't go broke. Those are the restaurants you still see around. Right. An industry survey said that email marketing response rates, like the actual amount of revenue generated from email marketing by restaurants in the first six months of COVID. So that was Q2, Q3 of last year was up 440 percent. Wow. Wow. Restaurants that started sending emails started making money again. And you know what else? Businesses like retail, right? If they were not regularly e-commerce companies, but they were like brick and mortars, they started doing local delivery. They started, how do you order stuff from us? This is how we're keeping you safe. We clean all the packages. We ship and shrink wrap everything, whatever, right? They were giving people that information by email. And people still want to be safe, right? Oh, yeah. People are like, you know what? That COVID doesn't seem so bad after all. Like, no one's thinking that. People are still very cautious. I mean, just recently in the news, they said that like half a million people in the United States have died from COVID. That's an insanely large amount of people. Yes. Yes. I think that people don't know how to put that into perspective because it just seems like a big number. But 
It's definitely more than just a flu. That's true. That is half the population of all of Nova Scotia. Anyway, people are still scared, even if you're not. Right. Right. And this is a mistake that, that companies make all the time, especially business owners, small business owners, freelancers. They make this mistake. You are not your customer. Right. 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 Unless you sell to small business owners, then. Yeah. And then even at that, you still is, you're not going to be all the ins and outs of every customer. Right. Most times not, though. Right. So I, I hear stuff like this all the time. Like I, I'll, somebody will be like, they're a manufacturer. They went to school for engineering and they're like, I don't use Facebook. So I don't think we should do stuff on Facebook. Our customers don't use it. And I'm like, uh, they use it all day. Uh, yeah, they do. Or my favorite is, well, you, Facebook is just for personal. You don't use Facebook for business. I'm like, are you kidding me? Are you literally kidding me right now? There's like two and a half million advertisers on Facebook. Right. That's how, literally how Facebook makes money. <laughs> it's through advertising. Business is doing advertising. And it's, what do they make, $36 billion a quarter or something stupid? Like, it's just an insane amount of money. And, and you know, even Google, Google is a search engine. That's how most people see it. But it's actually the largest advertising company in the world. That's what Google really is. That's what fuels Google's machine is the advertising dollars and google they're sneaky too sneaky buggers at google i'll be honest i know sorry google gods don't punish us I now. <laughs> no i'll tell you so have you heard the story about how they created the promotions tab in gmail oh no oh. well they already have spam folder so why do they need a promotions tab right yeah. Well, it's because if they take all the stuff people are trying to sell you in your email box, and they put it in a different tab that you never open, then you have to go search for it and use Google ads to find the products you want to buy. Oh, that's funny. So it made them more advertising revenue by taking promotions or stuff from companies out of your mailbox. Because now you have to go and the advertisers have to advertise on Google also, instead of just using email marketing. So instead of the people you signed up for to send you things that you want, Google took it out of your mailbox so that you have to go Google it and then click on a fucking Google ad. And then the advertiser has to pay the pay-per-click amount for that click to see if you bought something. So anyways, that's a fun fact. Wow. Sneaky and smart, I think, because I mean, Gmail is free. They got to pay for it somehow. Yeah. It's like open table is a good example where you can go get restaurant reservations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what they do is they start running ads for the most popular restaurants in town and then you book it through their system. And then they go to the restaurant owner and say, look at all these people booking through our system. You pay us a dollar for each reservation and we'll give them to you. But they're running the ads for 50 cents each. So instead of you just typing in the name of the restaurant, clicking on the restaurant's website, and booking your table. Now you click on the ad from open table. You go book it through them and it costs the restaurant an extra dollar to get you to come there when they used to be able to just click on your website. Wow. Some sneaky trickery in there. That That is some that is a next level of marketing that I have not ascended to yet. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I don't know if I call that marketing. There's all these stories from the from the history of marketing and stuff. One other one that, that's really fabulous is the yellow pages. They would go to like a pizza place or something. They would actually bring them a phone that was yellow and they would say, we're going to put an ad for your pizza place in and it only rings the yellow phone. And then, you know, if if you don't get any business from it, well, we're going to come back in 90 days. We're going to take the phone out. OK, that's genius. So 
everybody in the yellow pages calls the phone rings off the hook. Then they come back in 90 days later and they say, oh, what's going on? And, you know, he's all oh, we're here to take the phone out. And they're like, you can't take the phone out. That's like all of our business comes from the yellow phone. And they're like, well, it's $16,000 a month for this ad. <laughs> you know, $16,000? Oh my God. Oh, it depends how big it is, right? But, right. So that's, that's how they got people hooked on the yellow pages back in the old days, right? I'm trying to figure out how I could make something like that happen. I know I say the old days, but they still have yellow pages where I live. They do? Oh yeah, they do. There's there's not a lot of there's there's a lot of print here still because kind of rural internet is is fairly new here. So, uh, well that makes sense. If you're not in a major city, then you know if you're in a major city, you'd have internet already. But yeah, see, I'm based in Los Angeles. It's a whole nother life. That's right. It's a whole different life. You gotta have the like on the the guys on that show Letter Kenny. They always pronounce it funny. They're like they live in L.A. Because <laughs> they've been to oh, LA. Bad rap. We're not all that bad. I, I liked LA when I was there. So, before we go, what is the best way for people to get a hold of you if they want to get more information about your marketing service? They can go to www.flourishmarketing.co, not .com, .co. You can also follow my Instagram at Alea Harris, A-L-E-Y-A-H-A-R-R-I-S, or my company's Instagram at flourishmarketing.co, and you can connect with me there. I'd love to talk to you. Sounds good. Alea, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been a blast. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Matt. Thanks, and we'll talk again soon. Have a great day. Yes, sir. Bye, you too. This has been Digital Marketing Masters with Matt and Carrie Rouse. For notes and a transcript of this episode, go to hookseo.com forward slash podcast. Join us next week as we dive into more tips and ideas to grow your business. Digital Marketing Masters is brought to you by Hook SEO Digital Marketing. Our show is produced by Matthew Rouse and Scott Burson. Mixed and edited by Silent Outburst Productions. I'm your announcer, Daniel D. Craig. We would love to hear your thoughts. Please leave us an honest review with your podcast provider. Your reviews help us help more business leaders just like you.